Why Rush Limbaugh Deserves the Medal of Freedom. Mr. Reagan. I remember when it started in the 80s. There was nothing like it, late 80s, and uh, there's no, nothing like him. It's a phenomenon. Yep, he really is. Rush Limbaugh announced the other week that he has been diagnosed with advanced stage lung cancer. This was tragic news for all of us who love and respect Rush Limbaugh. I can't escape, even though telling people are telling me it's, it's not the way to look at it. I, I can't help but feel that I'm letting everybody down with this. But the upshot is that I have been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. And I wish I didn't have to tell you this. And I thought about not telling anybody. I thought about trying to do this without anybody knowing, because I don't like making things about me. But there are going to be days that I'm not going to be able to be here. And it's not that I want to fool anybody. It's just that I, I don't want to burden anybody with it. And I haven't wanted to. Uh, but it is what it is. And you know me, I'm the mayor of Realville. Now, it should be noted that this diagnosis is not an immediate death sentence. The five-year survival statistics are pretty dismal, and the cancer is not curable, but it is treatable. And with the right treatment and a bit of luck, Rush Limbaugh will be with us for at least another decade. Nevertheless, it's a stark thought, the thought of losing Rush. And the news hit us all pretty hard. A couple of weeks back, Donald Trump gave his annual State of the Union address. This was, hands down, the most entertaining State of the Union address of all time. It was full of substance, but it was also a heck of a lot of fun. There were thrilling moments, touching moments, funny moments, but the moment that actually got me on my feet, standing alone in front of my TV, clapping and laughing and irrationally shouting my adulation at the TV, that was the moment that Rush Limbaugh was offered the Medal of Freedom. All right, now, the coronavirus is scaring the heck out of just about everybody. And either you or somebody you know may eventually have to self-quarantine. And here's the thing. Who knows how bad this is going to get or when this is going to end? Now, you may think that I got a pantry full of dry goods. I don't need food anytime soon. However, most of that stuff is perishable. You know what's not perishable? The emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. Okay, sorry, they are perishable after 25 years. Now, you may not need it, but your mom might, or your sister might, or your good friend might. You don't know who's going to need an emergency kit like this. Now, they've got the two-week kit, and they've got the four-week kit. You can buy two of these kits, you can buy three of these kits, you can buy 10 of these kits, because it's not just coronavirus. Coronavirus reminds us that you never know what kind of disaster is going to strike. I live here in Southern California, Los Angeles, where there are earthquakes, right? And everybody thinks the big one is eventually going to hit. And if that happens, I'm kind of screwed, right? I'm on the 19th floor of this building. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to preparewithmrreagan.com. That's preparewithmrreagan.com. It helps me run my channel. You get to be prepared and you get a pretty good deal out of it. So preparewithmrreagan.com. Get prepared and stay healthy. Here tonight is a special man beloved by millions of Americans who just received a stage four advanced cancer diagnosis. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, 
and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I will now ask the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please. Rush and Catherine, congratulations. This was an amazing moment. To conservatives, it was thrilling. To leftists, it was tragic. As Trump made the proclamation, some Democrats in the House chamber actually screamed the word no, as if they were in some overwrought B-grade film. After the State of the Union, they decried the presentation to Rush as divisive, and they complained that honoring Limbaugh with the award somehow diminishes the integrity of the Medal of Freedom. It's always funny to me that leftists lose their collective minds whenever conservatives do anything. They always twist it into something nefarious. But the funny thing about it is that whatever they're accusing us of, they've done it for real. The left always gives the Medal of Freedom to left-wingers who don't deserve it. Obama presented the award to Robert De Niro, Tom Hanks, Ellen DeGeneres, and to Oprah. Why did De Niro get it? For playing a mobster real good in movies? Why did Ellen get it? For being a lesbian? Why did Oprah get it? For being rich? Granted, Obama got a Nobel Peace Prize for no reason at all, so... I mean, I guess that's normal for him. Obama also gave the Medal of Freedom to Obama campaign contributors. I'm not kidding. Oprah, incidentally, was one of them. Why did baseball legend Ernie Banks get the award and not some other baseball great? Well, he donated $111,600 to Obama's campaign committee. Patricia Wald, Daniel Kahneman, Ben Bradley. You ever hear of these people? No, of course not, because the only thing that qualified them for the Medal of Freedom was supporting Barack Obama. In case you were unaware, the left is despicable. Worse than the criticisms of Trump's decision to award Rush was that, after receiving the award, Rush was personally brutally attacked by Democrats. He was called racist, a homophobe, a misogynist. Stay classy, Democrats. AOC called him a violent racist. Of course, because she's an idiot. The Presidential Medal of Freedom is an extraordinarily sacred award. We're talking about putting someone on the same level as Rosa Parks. Uh, Rush Limbaugh is a violent racist. It, there's all sorts of norms that are being violated, not just for people's humanity, but also it truly just cheapens the value of it. Um, and to give it to Rush Limbaugh, when there were plenty of people in that audience that have contributed, contributed positively to the fabric of American society, um, much more, frankly, than he has. Um, and it's truly nauseating. Joe Biden criticized Trump for not giving the award to the Tuskegee Airman, who was also recognized at the State of the Union. But 
Don't soldiers get the Medal of Honor? The Medal of Freedom is for civilian acts of valor. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about here. You can tell me in the comments if I'm way off base. There was even a meme that went out listing all the horrible racist things Rush had said over the years. Of course, the list was completely false. Another leftist hoax trying to characterize conservatives as bigots. That particular modus operandi has become so ubiquitous that you'd think that people would stop falling for it. But you know what? Whatever. Leftists desperately want to believe it, so I don't see it ending anytime soon. But possibly the most reprehensible attack came from a school teacher by the name of Travis Sanderos. Travis tweeted the following, Rush Limbaugh absolutely should have to suffer from cancer. It's awesome that he's dying, and hopefully it is as quick as it is painful. That guy must be so fun at parties. Travis Sarandos was suspended from teaching over the tweet. Now, I'm not typically a proponent of firing people over tweets, but if any of my nieces were in a class with a man who posted that tweet, I would want them moved to another classroom. But not shockingly, CNN reported on the story by defending the teacher. Ala Elisar wrote an article reporting the story for CNN, and in the article, she detailed every criticism she could possibly find about Rush. And I can only imagine that this was to characterize this teacher's tweet more charitably. But just imagine that he had been talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, I've heard some inappropriate jokes about Ruth Bader Ginsburg having one foot in the grave, but most conservatives wish the woman good health. Certainly, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg would give conservatives a great political advantage. And she's very old and occasionally has health scares. But do we cheer on her death? No, of course not, because that's morbid and twisted. And if some sick f wrote that Travis Sarandos wrote about Rush, if somebody wrote that about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I wouldn't want my nieces in that person's classroom either. But CNN doesn't seem to understand the problem with having a disturbed individual like this teaching children. But this reaction causes one to stop and ask, why does Rush deserve the Medal of Freedom? Let's investigate. There are few men in the world who can claim to have significantly altered the entire culture of a major civilization. Rush Limbaugh is one of those men. Rush Limbaugh taught an entire generation not to be afraid to be a conservative at a time when conservatives were being unjustly branded as hateful bigots. I often talk about my presence in the world of media as pushing the culture a little. The goal is to influence the world just a little, to open people's eyes to new, better ideas, and to reinforce truth, reason, and rationality in the minds of good Americans, and maybe to inspire the world to be just a little bit better. And I think I do that. And Sebastian Gorka does that. And Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder does that. And Glenn Beck and Dinesh D'Souza. Tucker and Hannity and Sargon. And my friends over at Slightly Offensive, Elijah and Todd. They all do that. But the push on the culture that each of us is able to affect. Rush gets to take a little bit of credit for that too. Because he opened the doors for all of us. He created the genre in which I now work. Now there were guys before Rush. Of course, before Rush, William F. Buckley helmed the conservative ship. And before that was Paul Harvey. But Rush Limbaugh invented the genre as we see it today. And if you're a leftist, you might consider that a bad thing. After all, William F. Buckley and Paul Harvey weren't shock jocks. They had integrity. But I would argue this. Rush Limbaugh might have occasionally used an ugly word or metaphor or an illustration on his show to wake people up, but it worked. He was effective, and people tuned in. Politics can be very, very boring. Not everybody has the constitution to think about all these things. 
Rush made politics accessible to a broader audience. And he got people thinking. The left likes to say that the right-wing media pumps out zombies, something that I believe they are themselves guilty of. But I would argue quite the opposite. Every conservative I talk to wants exposure to new ideas. They want to know what leftists are thinking. They're not afraid of it. Leftists, on the other hand, hide from conservative ideas. I had an impromptu debate with three left-wing gentlemen the other day in a restaurant. I happened to overhear a conversation and I interjected. These guys were decent men and I enjoyed the conversation very much, but their arguments always seemed to fall on the same themes. Conservatives are ignorant bigots and they've been tricked by Fox News and Donald Trump. And it doesn't matter how many examples you provide or how much logic you present to them. They just can't accept that conservatives aren't utterly evil. And in the 1990s, it was even worse. Most people just accepted that conservatives were evil bigots. And so conservatives were afraid to admit to it. But Rush Limbaugh fought against that. And he gave people the courage to stand up and acknowledge their conservative beliefs. And I can only hope that with my show, I can sometimes do the same. All right, enough gushing. Let's have a brief look at the life of one of the most amazing men in the history of media. Rush Hudson Limbaugh III was born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri in 1951. Cape Girardeau is a beautiful old American town with many historic sites. I read up a little bit on it, and it seems that if you want to see a traditional American town, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better example than Cape Girardeau. That may have been, at least in part, why Rush has been so passionate about preserving traditional American values. His father and grandfather, both of them also called Rush Limbaugh, were lawyers and strong Republicans. Apparently, Rush's rebellious inclinations in high school were satisfied by being a radio DJ, as opposed to the typical trappings of counterculture. Rush wanted to be, more than anything else, a top 40 DJ. his job at uh, the radio station, the first job at age 16, it gave him a feeling of uh, superiority and made him feel like King Tut. If that's rebelliousness, that's how Rush rebelled. If, if all of us rebel to some extent or another when we're adolescents. But he didn't rebel politically. He didn't rebel philosophically like so many people in our generation did. Ironically, Rush was a shy boy. From reports I read, he was uncomfortable being a child. He was basically a little adult from a very young age. He was quiet. Rush always wanted to be uh, an adult. In fact, I think from 10 on, he was was an adult. He did not want to be bothered with uh, childish things. He was... was And he was a loner. I've actually met people like this before. It's not really that they're uncomfortable being children. It's just that they're really, really intelligent. And it's hard for very intelligent children to deal with ordinary kids. And they end up interacting more with adults. Eventually, it became clear that being a top 40 DJ was not in the cards for Rush. Instead, he was given an opportunity to try talk radio. And what did he do with that opportunity? Well, he became a legend. On 400 radio stations nationwide, more than 7 million listeners a week hear Limbaugh lambasting liberals, railing against the homeless, beating up on feminists, gays, and those he calls peaceniks and environmental wackos. As you're about to see and hear, Rush Limbaugh is too big to ignore. With a torso as big as his voice, this 300-pounder from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, has fashioned a blend of political satire and commentary into the most successful radio talk show in the country. You can hear him three hours every afternoon, virtually anywhere in America. 
waging what he calls cultural warfare, skewering liberal sacred cows, environmentalists, feminists, militant gays, and animal rights activists, often with their own material, called from the eight newspapers he reads every day. People have called you a sexist. Right. People have called you a homophobe. Right. Are you? Oh, of course not. I am, I am simply someone who views events in life and comments on them. I have my own version of what's right and wrong. You've also been called arrogant and pompous. Well, <laughs> I call it confidence. <laughs> I don't defer to the experts. I <clears throat> am <Yeah>. the expert. <laughs> Attorney Gloria Alred, one of the country's most prominent feminists, says Limbaugh would get big applause at a Nazi rally. He is hurting us, and I can't emphasize that enough. He is trying to make us a joke. Feminism was established so as to allow unattractive women easier access to the mainstream society. That's the type of woman-hating statement that is perpetuated over and over again. I'll bet you they didn't see the humor in it at all. These people don't have any sense of humor. If they get mad at that, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not doing what I do to make sure nobody gets mad. I can understand how that would ruffle feathers, but it isn't going to stop me. Hundreds waited for more than an hour just to have their picture taken with them. Uh, I never met anyone I liked that much before, so it's a good opportunity for me. I mean, I think it's going to lower my blood pressure and I'm going to live longer as a result of listening to it. I think I just happen to be saying what a whole lot of people think but don't have the chance to say themselves. That's why they call me the most dangerous man in America. Somebody's finally saying this stuff. Now, just about everything I read about Rush said Rush was never a true believer. He's a conservative, sure, but he never cared about the politics as much as the fame. And maybe that's true, but I have a little experience with this. And in fact, I have a very similar story as Rush. I came to L.A. to be a writer of TV and films. I was obsessed with the idea. I wanted my scripts to be produced into top-tier films and TV shows. I actually have a personal YouTube channel with a few short films if anybody's interested. But sadly, since I moved to L.A., I've had precisely zero opportunities to succeed in this endeavor. And eventually, I fell into doing this, doing political analysis on YouTube. Now, one could say, well, that's not what you really wanted to do, and therefore, your heart isn't in it. But I would say this. I could not do this if I didn't truly believe in it. I've always been a strong conservative, and the ideas that I express on this show are deeply considered and strongly held. And I think Rush is the same way. It is possible to have a variety of passions, and one of my passions is writing fiction, but another passion has always been politics. And so just because the initial direction of a career doesn't work out, that doesn't mean the course correction is any less legitimate. So the title of this video is Why Rush Limbaugh Deserves the Medal of Freedom. If the first half of the video didn't convince you, maybe this will. Rush Limbaugh has been collecting and donating money for cancer research since 1990. It's estimated that he has donated something like $50 million for cancer research. Anyone who says Rush Limbaugh doesn't have integrity is wrong. Furthermore, I actually think that it takes a lot of courage to go up against 50% of the country, to say things that will shock and revolt those who disagree with you in order to popularize an idea. I'm not saying that being provocative is always the right choice, but sometimes it is. And not everybody has the courage to go through with that tactic. The truth is, I personally find the provoke tactic cheap and distasteful, and I wouldn't typically endorse it. However, I make one exception. If the idea one is trying to express is a valuable idea, an idea of substance, well then, being provocative as a strategy for the effective distribution of that idea, okay. In that case, 
I think it's good. There are many so-called shock jocks who employ provocative stunts to popularize their shows. What Rush Limbaugh did was to elevate that practice. He did it for something of actual value, the dissemination of political ideas. And that, to me, is about as valuable as it gets. But the provocative stunts that Rush Limbaugh pulled were not just substantive because of the political messages that they expressed, but also because they were hilarious. And Rush, if he's credited with nothing else, was hilarious. Here is a beautiful example from the Phil Donahue show of 1992. Well, where do we begin here? Women who work in the same office after a while, you all have your periods on the same week. <laughs> or, well, it's true. Phil, it's true. I and not only that, when you have your periods, you become aggressive, and he wants to put you in the army, and you'll go get Saddam. Well, what he's talking about is the all-American 1st Cavalry Amazon Battalion. Uh, of women and, uh, with the... Well, it is my compromise. I mean, there are people who want women in combat. And I don't think women should serve in combat roles, not because I'm macho or oppressive or anything, but I, it's, it's bad enough that men come home in body bags. We don't want females tortured, captured, and, and sent home. Uh, I think it, it, it weakened the situation, and other societies who've tried it, like Israel, have found it doesn't work, and they've retracted it. Uh -huh. But politics is compromise. And I did some research, and I found out that most women, if you group them together in a dormitory, that they will have synchronized menstrual cycles. Uh. And, we, and we also know... We also know that, that women uh, on, who, who suffer PMS have murdered and have, and have been acquitted so. of murder. Well, that's what we want. So I suggest, I suggest 52, Phil, 52 combat-ready divisions of, uh, of Amazons, battalions, so that we can be guaranteed of having a combat-ready battalion on PMS every week to be... Uh, now... <clears throat> Uh, that was the meetup. No, no, I have to extend the umbrella here so you understand the whole point, the philosophy of, of what I do. I like to illustrate absurdity by being absurd. The producers of The Donahue Show clearly packed the audience full of women who they thought would just hate Rush Limbaugh. But despite Phil's best efforts to turn them against him, Rush wins them over with his logic, charm, and humor, despite the provocative nature of his joke. Look, leftists have been lying to Americans for decades, trying to divide the country. They insist that men are misogynists, that whites are racist, that Christians are homophobes and Islamophobes and hateful bigots of every type. In the 1990s, many conservatives were embarrassed of their views, not because the views were hateful or bigoted, but because the left branded conservatives so effectively as bigots. Rush Limbaugh liberated the right, and it seems to me leftists should be able to appreciate the liberation of an oppressed cultural group. Rush Limbaugh deserves the Medal of Freedom. The man is a legend. Thank you, Rush. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant, it's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. You know, sometimes Rush and I had big differences, but Rush was always so kind. I think sometimes his humanity escapes, and in a moment like this, Rush, 